Is this the basement? It's the lower level. Okay. Greetings and salutations, everybody. It's time for another episode of Bald and Bingeable with D'Angelo. I'm D'Angelo, and I'm here to take you through an auditory journey through all the things in pop culture and the holidays that you consume, the stuff that you're insatiable for, the stuff that you find truly binge-a-bull. Okay, holly jolly people. I'm here today with somebody who is no stranger to the podcast. One of my friends, one of your friends, he has kept us not getting monkeypox through the last summer. <laughs> so, <laughs> and now uh, we have Dr. Carlton on. Hello, Dr. Carlton. Hey, happy holidays, D'Angelo. Happy holidays. I We were just saying this two seconds ago. I cannot believe that we are already halfway through this month like what happened yeah i know things are going crazy i you know it, it feels like uh this summer at the end of the summer i was kind of i found out about the out 100 thing like mm -hmm. it, on labor day and i i knew i couldn't announce it until november 1st so i was like wishing away those two months like saying get here get here get here and now it's all gone so it's your fault it's my so fault <laughs> i wish so it it's away. Your fault we're here already okay <laughs> so yeah this is like huge so you guys know dr carlton from social media from tiktok from instagram he has been your butt stuff doctor and um now most recently you have this new acclaim this is so freaking huge you're part of the out 100 which is kind of like like the most fascinating people, but gay slash yeah. queer. And you made this list this year all because of, do you think it was your monkeypox work or do you think it's everything as a combination? Like where did, did you, did you get any semblance of like how this even happened? I think it was more the monkeypox stuff because that's what they were most interested in. They felt like that I really stepped up and filled a void where people weren't really talking about it or getting the right message out. And, um, and that's where the recognition came from. And, you know, hell, this is something I never would have imagined a, a year ago today. I would have laughed at you if you had said I was going to be in the Out 100 this year. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, it was just really shocking. I mean, to to be on a list with like Jinx Monsoon and, you know, mm -hmm. the Lay Brothers and uh, the Old Gays and Amy oh. Schneider from Jeopardy, the Tournament of Champions champion. Yeah. So it's really, okay. really weird. How okay, so now let's let's get into it real quickly before we mm -hmm. get into our 10 questions. You guys, today we are gonna be getting into a Christmas story, a Christmas story Christmas. There's the new version that just came out on HBO Max. It's the continuation of the story of Ralphie and whatnot. We're gonna get to that in a little bit. We're gonna get to yeah. our 10 questions in a little bit, but I just really quickly, I just we have mm -hmm. not dished about this at all. Sure. So you got to go to New York. You got to go to the Out 100 red carpet. You got to go to right. the actual event. This is like a right. hot event that you actually have to be a somebody. And they said that you were a somebody. I okay, know. So huge. Um, what was it like? So, well, it was really weird because, uh, you know, this is a totally new thing for me. I've never done a red carpet before and mm -hmm. I, I didn't know how to act. I, you know, I went and I stressed so much about what to wear 
Um, I bought a black Hugo Boss slim fit suit and wore my sparkly Prada crystal encrusted shoes and a sparkly bow tie and uh, walked through the door and it was just you know, first there were people interviewing me on on camera for their new advocate channel um, mm -hmm. they're they're bringing out. And then I walked through the door and there was just this big room full of people drinking champagne and eating uh, hors d'oeuvres. And I, I immediately got summoned over to Austin Wolf, who was nice. there. Yeah, he said, you know, he his his manager summoned me over and said, "Hey, listen, he Austin wants to talk to you. Can you come over here?" I'm like, "Hell yeah!" You know, <laughs> so I go over and Austin said, "You know, I I want you to know that I think that you're the reason why I didn't get monkeypox this summer. I was in the middle of a lot of stuff going on, you know, um, New York City Pride and Fourth uh, of July at P Town. You know, really mm -hmm. high risk events. But when you started putting your stuff out, it made me realize that I needed to shut down." what I was doing and I stopped filming and I never got monkeypox. So, nice. you know, thank you. And I'm like, wow. Okay. Um, so sorry, sorry, to all the, sorry, sorry, the, <laughs> sorry to all the fans for the lack of content for a couple of months there, but <laughs> oh, please, he probably had all kinds of solo content and he was fine. <laughs> yeah. So some of these boys were out there making like zoom videos with each other, <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> like where there's a will, where there is a way, you know what oh, I mean? That whole totally. sort of thing. Did you get to meet like Bo and Yang or any of these people? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, okay. yeah. So Bo and Yang from Saturday Night Live was there. Um, they had a lot of people who were gay but not on the on the list but there were just like local new york gays that were mm -hmm. there like cody rigsby from peloton and bowen yang from saturday night live austin wolf was there mm -hmm. um and then you know some of the people on the list a lot of people on the list were traveling or or touring like jinx monsoon mm -hmm. and kimchi and willow pill and people like that they're all on tour but you know some people were there like amy schneider popped in for a hot second from mm -hmm. you know from the jeopardy thing the old gays got there a little bit late and they were the sweetest guys. I was really shocked at how sweet and kind and, and just re they're, they're real, real guys from Palm Springs, you know, so it's, about, it's be like more not genuine. too late. It's not too late to become a sensation like these, right. these men. So if you guys don't know who the old gays are, they are like, they are TikTok famous. They, they blew up during the pandemic and they are just a gaggle of like four or five gays who live in Palm Springs who are all in the prime of life, you know, they are up there in age, they're called the old gays, and they make content and they have fun. They just release some like, you know, the uh, Christmas one that's just, it's too cute and funny and, and all that yeah. sort of thing. Okay, so right. all that's happening. Um, yeah. Okay, so let's change gears a little bit here. Sure. Your relationship with the holidays. Mm -hmm. um, what holiday do you celebrate? Or do you uh, Christmas is what I grew up celebrating, but, mm -hmm. uh, life is a little complicated for me. I, uh, my kids are Jewish. I mm -hmm. have two uh, 17 year old kids that we raised Jewish, um, because my ex is Jewish. Mm -hmm. And so we, uh, we celebrate both Hanukkah and Christmas. I love that. And mm -hmm. so we have a blended fam. Um, Okay, so you're one of those people too who, because I was just talking to somebody this past week. We were out out to dinner, and I'm when I was single, I would decorate. I would at least have like a little tree or something. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I know that some people, you know, that just the holidays can be a hard and difficult time for some people, and I completely get that. Mm -hmm. and, um, and you know, just even in through like my times of like mourning or when I was alone and that sort of thing, I still would kind of you know throw up a string of lights, whatever it is. Right. And um, 
And now I like live with like, you know, three Christmas trees. And if I can get a fourth in this house, I totally will. But like, <laughs> it's just, it's one of those things that I completely enjoy. And so, and I think that there's a different spin too on the holidays when you have kids. Like, do you think that you saw yourself a little bit differently at the holidays when you had children? Oh my gosh. Yes. Uh, and, you're, and look, you're, he's a real dad. He might be yeah. a daddy, but he's a real dad. He's a <laughs> yeah. father, biological children. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So we, I, I was looking back at videos from when they were two or three years old and the house was completely all done up lights everywhere, trees everywhere. Um, it was like the Griswolds, you know, mm -hmm. just like crazy. Um, and then this mountain of presents underneath the tree, like 30 or 40 gifts per kid underneath the tree. And like I, I was laughing because we were watching them open the gifts. And after about gift number six, they were bored and tired of opening presents because <laughs> they're, they're three years old. Yeah. It's like <laughs> we it, got the toy. We were ready to move on. <laughs> and it made me realize that a lot of the Christmas stuff when you have kids is more about you than the kid. Um, you know, Ooh. you just, you just kind of, uh, kids don't need a lot. They're happy with a couple of things. They don't need 30 gifts under a tree. And, but I don't know. I think, I think I was probably just compensating, making sure that I was a good dad. Oh. Um, but and this is, yeah, this is so very thematic for our, for our movie on, today. <laughs> uh, Christmas became less of less important to them. And, you know, they're 17 now. So mm -hmm. uh, it's, it, it's, it's a lot more muted than it was when they were smaller. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but now you're going to enjoy it because now like when they because you're doing college visits now, like you're like you're yeah. doing all that sort of a thing. So now they're going to be coming home for holidays and that sort of thing. So it'll be a big deal again. And then you're going to eventually have the little ones, you know, who knows? Oh, yeah. If Down the line. Decide to, if they decide to have children. <laughs> they kind of laugh and say, hey, dad, we know how expensive we are. We're never having kids. I do not have children and I would never say never, but it's just not something that I really see. It's not my, my proclivity to have children. I am a really great gunkle though. So that's mm -hmm. something. Let's get into our 10 self-indulgent questions. These are the holiday edition. These change up uh, from time to time, but let's get into it. Okay, number one, Dr. Carlton. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite holiday song or album? What is something you need to put on every year? You know, probably going to get a lot of grief for this or flack for it but i i really like all, all i want for christmas by mariah carey i know it's corny and i know mm -hmm. it's played to death but it's just like a staple it reminds me that it's the holiday season so there is something special about it when it comes on something too that i just realized was her holiday album has been out you know so freaking long you know since the early 90s and um, I think I know every single song on the sound on the on the on the actual album the other day it was like on and I was like oh I know this and it's like and you don't just know it but you know every run you know her joy to the world you know what I mean like you just yeah. know all the little inflections and everything I was like oh this really has become like sense memory for me yeah Number I, two. It, I, I was gonna say I think it used to be um, maybe it's cold outside but then I started looking at the lyrics a little bit more closely and kind of mm -hmm. realized it was kind of me too-y you know I think if you put that connotation behind it, but the yeah. thing is, at the same time, is if you really look at the song, it's a girl who is kind of owning her sexuality, and she's really nervous because of the things that people are going to think. So it, yeah. there's different there's different ways you can look at the song. I guess, I guess so, yeah. But it made me a little nervous, I guess, because it sounded like he was trying to coax her, you know. Or, oh, or no, what, no, what's on, what's on. in this drink? Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, it's the whole what's in this drink. It really is that that's that's the piece that you're like, what is in this drink? You know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Okay, number two, you have Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, 
Comet, Cupid, Donner, and Blitzen. Which one would be your stripper name? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think Blitzen. <laughs> there you go. That's a good one, too. Like, hey, Blitzen. Hey, B. <laughs> She's Blitzen tonight. Okay. Number three, your drink of the holiday season. I think, like, mold wine would probably be my favorite. It just seems, it just feels like the holidays. A little spice, what a little warmth. What is going on? Okay. This whole mm -hmm. mulled wine thing. I am not a mulled wine person. I know that it's usually like in the crock pot on the side of like, you know, all the drinks usually. And there's like this special group of people. I think they're pumpkin spice people. Yeah. That like go over to the mulled wine. And last week, we, uh, Agatha actually said mulled wine. This past week, Alex from the other podcast that I deal with is talking about mulled wine. Mulled wine must be the drink this season. And like, I feel like completely left out. It's just a lot of work, but yeah. <laughs> um, I love that. Okay. Number four, what do you think of when you hear the name Santa Claus? Uh... Well, after being a claw this weekend, it has a totally different meaning because they're. <laughs> but what was that situation? Were people dressed as Santa Claus? They had a they had a naughty Santa dressed up that you could go and sit in his lap and take videos with. Yeah, so it was pretty interesting. Nice. Um, yeah, so that connotation's changed a little bit. Obviously, I just think of the the red suit and the and and the gray and the gray beard. The red suit. Okay. Mm -hmm. So classic. So Coca Cola. Um. Number six. This year, one of the hottest toys is the Magic Mixies. Do you remember a gift that you felt that you really needed that you were over the moon for? Yeah, I forget exactly what it was called. That's how, I mean, how, how much things quickly change. But right as computers were kind of coming out, when I was like... It, it, it was something like a Coleco or mm -hmm. Nintendo type computer thing that came out. Coleco Vision. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. When I was when I was little, I was like, oh my god, you know, I, if I don't get this, you know, Christmas is over. You know. We had a Coleco Vision in the garage at um, one of my uncle's houses, and so it was like we had Nintendo and all these other things. They were already out. And just one day it was like, oh, this was connected to a TV in the garage randomly. And so we were like out there playing Pong and <laughs> like just going back and forth. And it was like, we had like Super Nintendo inside the house and we're playing this like complete, you know, four bit game or whatever it was. <laughs> right. Uh, um, the days, the days of the innocence and childhood. So, you know, in the song, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, they don't let him play reindeer games. Um. Mm. What exactly are reindeer games to you? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, what did those bitches not let him play? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, reindeer games. Uh, it's a very stumpy question. It is a very stumpy <laughs> question, yeah. So what are the things like you, you like wonder like okay were they like playing tiddlywinks were they beating each other up like what is it exactly so right. it's one of those yeah. things yeah I have no idea <laughs> okay what is something that you look forward to eating every holiday season well I went to school in England uh, my junior year abroad and I kind of got addicted to mince pies 
mm-hmm. at the holidays. Um, so mince pies are, are pretty amazing. Remind me of the holidays, that same spice. I love that mince pies. You know, I haven't had in a long time is a good shepherd's pie. And I associate that with like winter as well. Yeah. So I think that needs to happen. Okay, the dog is like growling. I apologize. That was not my belly, guys, because we were talking about food. Okay. <laughs> uh, when I say the word Christmas cartoon, what's the first one you think of? Oh, uh, the one with the little... The... um, It's, it's that... I think it's the snowman thing. The like the Bob, Frosty the Bob, Snowman? Yeah, yeah, from Frosty the Snowman, yeah. The one where he goes, Happy birthday when you put <laughs> they put the hat on each time. Right. It's right, something right. that I've been thinking a lot lately. And then I was like, I checked it out on YouTube. I was like, what I remember this Frosty the Snowman. It is the most janky animation. Like it was it is like I remember it so much more beautifully than, than oh, what yeah. it really is now. And now I look at it and it's like, oh yeah, that is it is um something that I look at with rose colored glasses. Okay, number nine, do you decorate? Very last minute, like the last week before Christmas comes out, I'll uh, I'll go to the garage, get my tree, put it up, it's pre-lit, it's pre, you know, A, B, C, throw on some decorations and that, and that, and, and I'm the one who decorates and I'm the one who takes it down. So oh, anything wow. that, and then the house that we bought, the lady that used to live here had a lot of Christmas decorations and sometimes I'll put out some of the stuff that she left behind just because that is the nicest thing for somebody to leave behind Christmas decorations. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. exactly. I love that. Like I just, um, I'm completely like, I've been directly decorated since like the second week of November, just because how my month goes and with all the holiday work and everything else that we have, it just kind of tumbles into each other. And so decorating has become like an early thing, but here's the thing we spend. Okay. So I, we decorate. And I think a reason why I decorate early too, is because we usually leave town for the holidays, you know, like we're, we're in Miami or Ohio and that sort of thing. And one of the things that I'm like finding this year is like, we got an Airbnb um, for our Miami situation. So we're going down there and we have, um, it's my partner's first year without his dad. So, you know what I mean? So it is, it's a little bit of a different year, you know, and it's very apropos to the talk with the movie that we're watching today. So that that we've watched for today, but anyways, um, I don't have any decorations inside of this like Airbnb. And I'm like thinking to myself, I spend all this time with my decorations and on Christmas morning, I wake up with nothing in the house. So I may take like a couple strands of lights or something and just to kind of feel some kind of festive inside of our our little Airbnb. We'll see how that goes. Absolutely. It's a whole sitch. What is something that you watch every year for the holidays? Let's see, every year I'd probably, I like to go through the little group of like three or four uh, holiday cartoons that, that come out like the, 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 the Frosty the Snowman, the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, mm-hmm. the uh, Charlie Brown Christmas thing, you know, the all, iconic, all good stuff, all, all good stuff like that. And then usually on on Christmas morning, I'll turn on the television and watch the parades that happen. Nice. And then and we're going to talk about another thing that I obviously always love is the Christmas story on the 24 hour loop. Oh, life moves fast. One day you're playing kick the can with kids named Flick and Schwartz. I tripled on Darius. 
And the next thing you know, you're a certified adult. Ralph, dear old man. Fragile. He was the best. Ralphie, promise me we're going to make this a wonderful Christmas. That would make your father so happy. I promise. What had I done? And now it was all up to me? I suggest you start drinking and don't stop till New Year's. Who wants to go see Santa? This is amazing. Incredible. We will meet you right here when you're done. Don't let him kick you in the face. Huh? It's the hypocrisy. No, no, it... When it's just us decorating, it kind of feels like child labor. Honey, it's not labor if we don't pay you. Yeah. Cheers. There'll be much mistletoe. My dad made this all look so easy. Mm. I am somebody who appreciates glamour <laughs> and beauty. And like Gia Gunn said, where is the beauty and glamour when it comes to a Christmas story? You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like I'm in that place. And so it's one of those things that it comes on every year and I like tap in for a second and then tap back out. But it's not a show. It's not a movie that I've like been really like ingrained with. You know what I mean? And oh, so wow. and I and and. And um, but it's something that's always just kind of been in my purview. So when I actually watched them in preparation for our conversation today, just to like, you know, kind of recap mm-hmm. on all this. And even with the new Christmas story, Christmas, um, I understand the pop culture around it all, but it mm-hmm. wasn't something that has resonated with me. But I think this year in watching it and I did them back to back and I, mm-hmm. I actually remember the second movie, too. There's a Christmas story, too, with yeah. a really big like dog thematic, you know, kind of a thing. And um that right, one, that, yeah, Peter yeah. Billingsley wasn't involved with that one, I don't think. Yeah, no, I don't think yeah. so. Yeah. And so it was a whole different kind of a, like a story. And so this was a nice, like, little piece where they just kind of um, they keep on going with the with the original storyline, you know what I mean? Right. And so mm-hmm. it's just kind of a continuation. But with watching it this year and with the loss that we're dealing with and that sort of a thing, I think it resonated a little bit differently with me and yeah. so, which, which I completely appreciated. So, and, um, but yeah, so it's just, it's something that like, uh, I don't know, like when you said that you were, we were into the show and I was like, this is great because it's something that I'm going to have new eyes on, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. in, in, in a sense. Um, and so that was fun. I actually got to spend, so I, I'm very hallmark with mm-hmm. the way that my, my, with, with the way that my Christmas season usually goes because I'm in hotels. So I am bringing Christmas to people like this past weekend, I was at like the Fairmont Miramar with like, uh, you know, some different installations, things like that. Then the next day I'm doing a dog event for Santa Claus that people are bringing their dogs to get pictures with Santa, that sort of a thing. So I'm oh, living cute. like a completely out of this world, you know, suspension of disbelief kind of a situation. 
I did a little bit of research on A Christmas Story. And a lot of times people didn't know what year the original was supposed to be taking place. And so, and now we've kind of found out it's supposed to be like 1930, 39 is mm-hmm. where they were on the cusp. And then the new movie, A Christmas Story Christmas, which was an our continuation, it's 33 years later, Ralphie has grown up mm-hmm. um, and it's 1973. So quick synopsis that we're just going to give you off the top of our head is now um, if you don't know what the Christmas story is, you're going to catch it on a 24 hour loop in a couple of weeks here. So, mm-hmm. but to get into Christmas story, Christmas, Ralphie is all grown up. He is married. He's a father of two and he's a writer and mm-hmm. he is essentially working on a book deal. And he has a phone call at the beginning of the movie and he finds out that his father has passed. And so, and then now we're going to be celebrating the first holiday season without his father, who, if you remember from the first movie, really brought Christmas home in so many different sense. You know, the dad was right. really concerned about creating the perfect Christmas uh, for his family. And so they go home, they go back to the little house on Cleveland Street, and mom is there, um, which is funny because this this time uh mom is like one of the only original characters that's not played by the original actress right i did a little research melinda dillon who played the mother in the first one she's just retired from acting now so she retired in 2007 and so she just really wasn't into reprising this role and plus she's a lot more a lot older than what i think that she would have Mm -hmm. been in the span of like what this movie is because it's been 1983 is when the first original movie came out so So they got a lane from airplane to do it. So <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. It's so and she's wonderful. And she's just like she's now I can't even remember the actress's name. And so and I had it all here, but um it's Julie Haggerty. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. Okay. So yeah, uh Julie Haggerty, that's her real name in real life. And so, and you guys know her from like airplane and airplane too. She was in just friends, she's the mom. So, and Just Friends is actually a Christmas movie in my sense, in, in mm-hmm. my in my head. Do you remember Just Friends with with uh, Ryan Reynolds and um, what's her name? Uh, Amy Smart is in it, and the best part of it is uh, Anna Ferris. And so, oh, that's right. yeah, 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 yeah. So, so Just Friends and the mom, be yourself, be yourself, <laughs> like, like her whole thing. <laughs> and so, Julie Haggerty, she's classic actress, and so she was a delight to see inside this movie. But anyways, they brought all the kids back. So all the child actors that were in the original one. So Peter Billingsley, Scott Schwartz, who played Flick, and, you know, uh, Rob D. Rob, who played Schwartz. And a lot of people have better teeth now. You can see who's like really who's really a working actor and then who's just kind of like around. Sideline real quickly. So the two best friends that uh, Ralphie has, Flick and Schwartz in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy who plays Flick, his last name is really Schwartz. Right. Do you know Scotty Schwartz was in a porn. I didn't know that. Yes. <laughs> like it is slightly disturbing. <laughs> he is, <laughs> he has to be like three feet tall. I know. Um, right? He's a short guy and every woman in it looks like an Amazon, you know what I mean? Like compared oh, wow. to him. And That's so, funny. and he like, it's full on penetration like oh wow rated r rated x x x because it was that during that time you know what i mean like when things were rated x x x but yeah he did like a an adult movie and then now since he's he's moved on and um he's done a couple other things like do you remember toy the toy with uh with robin williams he was in that yeah yeah Yeah, he, he was in that movie but he didn't really have much other stuff going on so he did 
he did porn and then he got his career like kind of re-jumped back into when he was in oceans 12 i think it was right so yeah so but a lot of these guys they're like child actors who they brought them all back who i think they did a really nice job in this movie yeah um, they did yeah i mean um i know they kind of styled them to look like what you would think they would look like 33 years later you know so i thought that was pretty cool men from the midwest i mean yeah. like really it's, it's really where they are the thing is is the guy who plays uh Schwartz the the one who his teeth are so beyond perfect and I'm like <laughs> that's the only issue we're having here this man who is living <laughs> off of a bar tab has immaculate teeth right 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 exactly <laughs> yeah so he that's where he's spending his money I really did like this Christmas story Christmas you know so because they did a lot of things to a lot of easter eggs back mm -hmm. in the old movie you know even when he's looking through the attic and he finds the 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 lampshade from the leg lamp is up there right and, and what they do is they do a lot of things in memory too so they kind of have like little um montage kind of things and then also we have mm -hmm. like just thoughts and sound cues and that kind of thing and then when yeah. he's upstairs in the attic and he finds the pink bunny yeah the pink uh, bunny suit the blue bowling ball that his dad had his dad's hat you know a lot of nostalgia yeah the dad's hat made me like really like because oh. like it's like such a big thing like when he because mm. when he goes home and the hat is on the hook you know and then right. you kind of like and just watching the first movie and knowing like the whole thing with his dad putting the hat on the hook and then the door with all the comedy with the bloodhounds who like live next door right exactly so, which is another thing too is like those bloodhounds are like how inbred are they after 30 years the dogs <laughs> door and they just keep on getting more and more dogs these dogs have to have issues um okay that was kind of dark but anyways um <laughs> so i love that they have to go home for christmas this really is a movie about loss and grief so if it's if you if you take the holidays a little bit hard this might be something that might assist with some of your emotions because i think it kind of did last night even with some of the things like you know with with what we're dealing with personally in our family and kind of just seeing how this family is like working through things also you know just kind of that whole situation like a lot of us as gay guys going mm -hmm. back home and it being not you know part of it is what it used to be but then you you're also a different person you know so completely a different person i did and that's something too i like had written down uh written that i wrote down earlier about um about this movie was the whole going home and seeing your old friends and seeing how people still have their relationships and what is your relationship with home like his little brother randy is now rich they never mention what randy does i don't think right so little chubby bunny is now grown up and you know all over the world he's in india when they when we first meet him and he's on the phone and just checking in to see how's mom, you know, and eventually comes back. Do you think Randy was gay? Do you think that was a thing that they were kind of implying <laughs> that they weren't saying? I, you, you know, that definitely I, it, it could have been for sure. I mean, like, because when they show him, he's like, they show him in India, but he's in like this luxurious like bed. The fabrics are all right. right. He comes home completely like in a cute little kicky outfit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. Like, I think Randy has, you know, he's going to a different bar than everybody else. Is when he goes home. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, okay. He's sticking what, his tongue on a different flagpole. Exactly. And it doesn't get stuck. <laughs> what is your relationship with the Midwest staple, the casserole? 
you know, the casserole definitely, it's a Southern thing too. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I did grow up, I did uh, do some of my training in Minnesota. So I am familiar with the hot dish and the casserole. And, mm -hmm. and uh, when someone dies in the South, you, people just flood your house with food. Mm -hmm. Like there's this thing where it's like, that's how we mourn is food. Mm -hmm. So people bring fried chicken or casserole, you know, casseroles with green beans or, you know, and it's all this, everybody has their own style and what they make with a casserole. So it can have a million different things in it. And I think that's one of the things I kind of make fun of in this thing is how like, oh my God, what's this? What's in this? Is it olives? <laughs> is, I think that's a blueberry. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I th And it was cute too, because mom had a piece of masking tape on each casserole dish to know who to return it back to and yeah. who, they were, who they were all coming from. The whole fact that you have to eat all of them before you can eat anything else for Christmas. <laughs> like, no food goes to waste. And right. so such a such a 1970s and 80s kind of a vibe that we have, I think we've let go of. Totally. Yeah. The, the, you know, I guess these days we probably would have just probably tossed it all out and mm -hmm and return the, the dishes a little later but yeah that okay the other thing too that i was like when we were watching this and so the problematic thing that they do not even touch in this movie and so there's a couple mm. of them one mm. of them is is our our situation with the chinese food at the very end and when you know it was a funny joke back then and now we're kind of like looking at it through different eyes and just right kind of with all the stuff that's going on with aapi mm. and like you know with with you know, the way that they say Merry Christmas and that sort of a thing. And so when they sing Jingle Bells and Jingle it becomes Bells, a funny yeah. joke in the first one. And now I was waiting because if this movie would have been on Disney Plus, it mm -hmm. would have had one of those things that some items in this movie may be, set, you know, sensitive, blah, blah, blah. But this is HBO. So HBO is like, fuck you, deal with it. So <laughs> like, yeah, I, mean, I completely so forgot about it. Yeah, there are so many movies like that, though, that when I was 12 years old or 16 years old or whatever, that, uh, you know, those movies from the 80s that were so popular and we kind of like we had this spot in the back of my mind where we really still hold those precious and dear. But then you go back and watch them. And you're like, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. you know? like, and that was one of those things that I completely yeah. forgot about. And I had watched the whole first, you know, Christmas story. And it was like yeah. watching it through. And then all of a sudden they go out to eat and i was like this is how we end the movie <laughs> <laughs> so generation z's heads are exploding all over the oh place. i'm sure i'm sure exactly yeah with the deck the halls with bowels of holly and and uh um and the yeah. jingle bells thing yeah yeah Those... and it's, it's just it's very like oh no we're not touching this anymore you know mm -hmm. what i mean like mm -hmm. we don't we we it's just we now know we now know we've now evolved so it lives and we're not going to cancel culture it, but at the same time, we don't have to do it ourselves. And so I think that's something too, is that like, let it live on the movie, but do not go to your local establishment and sing like that, please. Okay. Right. The, another thing. Okay. So I don't know if this is problematic, but just whenever I hear the word, I always think, is this a bad word? And that's hillbilly. <laughs> like, I feel as a brown, a, a brown person that maybe I shouldn't say that word. I felt a little bit weird. about. It. <laughs> but what I love. OK, so they have, you know, they have the, the family next door that, you know, the hillbillies that live next door who bully the hell out of them, you know, throughout, you know, from the beginning of time till now, now he's seeing center, second generational of like the bullies are back and now they're hitting right. up my kids. But um, 
Okay, did you grow up with this? Because we did. So in my grandmother's neighborhood um, in Youngstown, Ohio, when I was growing up, she she grew uh, she had a house on the east side of Youngstown. And um, this is like Steel City, you know what I mean? It right. was like, you know, very blue collar kind of where, where, where they lived. And I would say that 95% of the neighborhood was black or brown. You know, mm-hmm. that we were all people of color. Uh, not so much. We didn't see much Asian, but it was really it's Puerto Rican and black. You know, it's mm-hmm. probably like the, the two big things there. And there was one family on the street that was white mm-hmm. on my grandmother's street. And they were the hillbillies, quote unquote. Uh. And the thing is, is because they were always barefoot. They always had dogs in tow. Somebody all nobody ever had their hair combed. Like it was right. like all these different things. And so it became like that's what I think of when I hear like hillbilly, is I think of her name was Jewel. Oh my God, it's starting to come back right now. Cause like the whole family, because <laughs> it was like one sister and like five brothers, and they had a mom. Um, never saw the dad. There was always like a new couch or something on their porch. Like it wow. was it was one of it was it was the hillbilly house. And mm-hmm. so I think maybe that might be where my cutoff comes with when I was a kid, when I would watch this show and be like, mm, that's down the street. Can't watch this. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, Cause they were a little bit, they were a little bit of bullies as well. So did you guys have a hillbilly house in your street? Well, I grew up in the deep South and I think, I, I think our, our, our neighborhood was the hillbilly neighborhood. So, so it was just everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you have a couch in your porch? We did not have a couch on the porch. That's the one thing, you know? Okay. Yeah. So the, <laughs> although, it wasn't although, outdoor furniture, guys. This is like a real couch that was just all of a sudden yeah. appear on the porch. <laughs> although where I grew up, my 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 grandmother had a homestead and she split up the farm and gave, and she had 12 kids. So mm-hmm. she gave each kid part of the land. So if you go down the street where I live, everybody who owns a home on that street are my uncles and aunts and cousins and play, play. so like I am surrounded by family when I go Incred. home. That's yeah. that's kind of that's really really cool. That's like sweet. My <laughs> grandmother next door, um, the house next door to her, my aunt bought. Mm-hmm. When we were and so my my grandmother lived in one house and my aunt owned the, the next door neighbor house, and then eventually my uncle bought that house from my my aunt, and then now my aunt. Uh, my aunt Leo lives in my grandmother's old house. So she yeah. inherited that. So the two houses that, you know, we grew up in mm-hmm. are still standing and they yeah. still have family members in them. So when you go back, it is like a little time capsule because I yeah. like, the, like the basement and like the backyard and like, you know, like the attic, everything that we like spent our childhood in, it's like wrapped up in these two homes that are still right. sitting there that we, our family is still in. Now the rest of the street, is gone it's been decimated out there so like right you know that part of of ohio is really suffering and um the houses just started disappearing like 10 years ago they were being knocked down because they were being empty and that sort of thing and mm-hmm. and um and now i want to say my uncle um and my grand and my uncle's house my grandmother's house that now sit there my uncle now owns all the land from his house to the corner of the street so it's like five different plots of land because each mm-hmm. time that something would go for sale he would just keep buying them so i think that's what's going to end eventually happening with our with our family one day is that when that area starts to get better is that they'll probably start putting houses and maybe my whole family will live on that street who knows yeah <laughs> but like 
it, now it's like a huge field, but it used to be like almost like an inner city neighborhood, but so much stuff has gone that like, now it's just like two houses standing on a street. It's exactly. very weird. It's very, yeah. very weird. And that's kind of like where I, I see like in this story, like with the Christmas story and everything is that this place took place in uh human Indiana, which is mm-hmm. like a, a play, a fake place, but it's in the middle of the Midwest. So yeah. Northern uh, Indiana. Yeah. yeah. So I just kind of, I, I felt a lot of this little other notes that I took here, the snowmen. Okay. So the kids are always building snowmen and then the, the bullies come and they, you know, bulldoze it with their, uh, with their snowmobile, yeah. with their snowmobile. Um, the first snowman's name, I just wrote it down because it, I loved it. It was sparkly poof. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I know Sparkly Poo. <laughs> I think I saw her. I think I saw her perform last week. I think so. She did that one number. Um, now, welcome to the stage, Sparkly Poo. But <laughs> yeah, and then they they steal his little scarf. And then I think it is genius how the kids got back to them later on in the in the in the end when they with these bullies and they uh, oh yeah, and they use their little stump. Okay, so kind of going through this before we get like. As we, uh, I don't want to beat this movie to to, to death. Um, the Flick versus Schwartz, the old rivals. We we get back into those Easter eggs of I triple dog dare ya. We got yeah. we got one of those in there yep. with the uh, with the sledding with the ramp that they that they end up with. And I have to say, drunk sledding fan. I'm a fan of drunk yeah. sledding. Um, I've done it growing up in Ohio that it is some fun. Last week we talked about drunk shopping, which is, which should be a sport. Drunk sledding should probably be in that same winter Olympics with drunk shopping. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. And drunk skiing. That's, that's when you have to be a little bit more careful with, but yeah. I'm not a skier because I'm not white. So (laughs) (laughs) are you honestly? No, I honestly, I had never gone skiing in my entire life before. And I had this doctor who was trying to recruit me to come back to my hometown to be a doctor in my hometown in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And so he he had this boys trip he always used to do uh, with his brother and his brother's construction company where they would go up to Snowshoe, West Virginia. And one year he took me and I'd never gone skiing before. And so I get on my little skis and they give me like a 20 second lesson on what to do. And then they go to the Black Diamonds. Mm-hmm. And I just, every time someone gets anywhere near me, I just would fall over because I just, I was scared I was going to get hurt. Like a little billy goat. Yeah. Like I would just fall <laughs> over. And then after falling over about 20 times on skis, I'm not sure if you've ever done that and and tried to get back up the 21st time. It's uh-huh. like, you, you're, you're spent. You can't do it anymore. And so uh, my, my friend says, uh, the guy who was recruiting me, he says, Hey, we need to go to the top to the bar and get you some liquid courage. Uh-huh. And so I slammed a couple of beers and then I went down that hill like a hundred miles an hour. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I didn't hit a tree because uh, I, I, think, I think that's how people die when they ski, you know, Sonny Bono. I mean, come <laughs> totally. on. Like, yep. yeah, oh my God. But like <laughs> liquid courage and now you're on the slopes. <laughs> exactly. I love it. Like one of my besties lives in Aspen, her family, and like they, they have a home out there and they started a business and she skis all the time and it's just like god bless you you know what i mean like it's it's so active and everything else but like it's just it's something that i've never done and i feel like now 
that I'm like over 40, that it's just me asking to break my leg. Honestly, like that's, that's true. Like I went to this, um, training event that was in Salt Lake city mm-hmm. and there are a lot of other older doctors there who had their families and they were in private practice and stuff. And I had on my ski suit and ready to go out on the slopes. And mm-hmm. I would look at the guys in the elevator and say, Hey, why aren't you guys skiing? And they're like, you realize if I broke my arm that I wouldn't be able to work for like three months, yeah. <laughs> zero income. I'm like, Oh shit. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. It might not be a good idea. And that's the whole thing is it's just like, I'm just, I can't, I can, I I'm, I'm afraid of those kind of things. So I've like, I've taken myself out of so many things. Cause I just, I, I jinx myself in my head. So I'm like, Nope, not doing that. And then I right. feel like, cause I did that. I secreted it into the universe. So now I'm definitely not skiing. So it's right. just like, it's just not something that is, is going to be happening in my life, except for like sledding can be dangerous they do prove that in this in this yeah. movie um i do remember a situation we were sledding in mill creek park this is like back home in ohio and it was with a bunch of friends and this was probably like and it was, it was like my second third year in college something like that and we were on one of the, like these huge huge hills and the whole thing was just to avoid hitting trees or going underneath a car because i've seen people like go down the hill so fast they go into a parking lot and they go underneath somebody's car halfway you know right. that kind of a thing you know a parked car but we would bail you know what i mean like you bail the sled and just kind of jump off and let the sled keep on going well one time i the snow was packed just the right way that it was just icy you know what i mean mm-hmm. it just had the perfect crunch i'm going down the hill and i went to bail mm-hmm. and as i did i kept rolling So I rolled farther and faster than the sled would have taken me. (laughs) That was one of the scariest situations I've ever had in my life. And it was just like bail. And then it was just like, and I rolling. I got up. I was dizzy. I was wet. Like I was done for that day. Honestly, I totally get it. I think the last time I went skiing, I came home. Actually, from that trip, I came home concussed from just falling so many times okay did you find okay i sent you a picture of what ralphie looks like now like peter billingsley is a cute man when he's not ralphie because he's got like a little bit of scruff his blue eyes show through he's like he's a cute man but as a dad i still found him weirdly attractive and i don't know if that's me if those are my issues or (laughs) <laughs> like what is going on with me that i think that like what well, hot dads dilfs right. i mean i think it's a oh, thing yeah totally yeah so I, I did find him attractive um do you know who i found uber attractive though who's that in this movie scott farkas oh who wow is now a policeman yeah so in yeah, the original kinda had, he kind of had that little ginger sort of uh ginger daddy hotness going on yeah look at him like google him and when he is scruffy or when he has a beard hot and so and like you can kind of see it because he's like got a nice jawline and everything with those little squinty eyes Mm -hmm. and so and then when you remember him as a kid you're like he was disgusting right (laughs) he's the one who ralphie beats up in the original and now they bring him back you know it's very a la um i don't know if you saw home alone four or whatever it was that came out last year on disney plus 
mm-hmm. um, trash movie wasn't as good. You know what I mean? Like the first two movies are really where, where it's at when it comes to the home alone, like franchise, but you know, they try to milk it, milk it, milk it. And now they have this new one and the police officer who comes to the home, you know, mm-hmm. um, Rob Delaney's in the new one. So I think that's the part that's worth watching. Cause I think he's cute, but mm-hmm. like the, um, the police officer ends up being buzz you know, the original Buzz McAllister, you know, who comes back. So it's always mm-hmm. like the asshole is always becomes a police officer. And I don't know if that's on purpose, but it's very <laughs> apropos. And it really is like, <laughs> we get it. We get it. Yeah. And in th- and this one, it's kind of neat that he says, hey, you know, you changed my life that day. You kicked my ass. You know, you mm-hmm. kind of set me straight. So exactly. So I don't want him to be straight though. He was cute. He was, the, <laughs> he was the cutest one in the whole thing. Like I have to find some kind of eye candy to like hop onto. And exactly. he was he was the one who I was like, that's the one who I would be interested in at the bar. <laughs> right. Like when you go home for Christmas, that's the one to flirt with. I'm trying to think of other things, just the heart crunch at the end with the whole with the father. You know what I mean? Right. They bring it back around. And so mm-hmm. the there was lots of like great um like I'm saying like the Easter eggs and the fact that this movie kind of like parallels with the original. So like mm-hmm. in the original, they have the flat tire, you know, right. and in this, now we have a radiator that's blown. And yeah. so I'm sorry when he, when the radiator blows and the kids all get out and they're playing with the snowballs, when he hits that little girl, <laughs> that is probably the best movie part of the movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> It was such a shock. It was so unexpected. So if you guys have not watched this movie, this is not a spoiler because it just comes out of nowhere. But when it happens, it happens. It is the most amazing pratfall. So I would say that that's a good piece. But um, but there, you know, they have that like little parallel. We have the parallel with the little boy who says, budge. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? When he's on when he's on the sled later, there's all these like little great pieces. But then at the end, um dad still saves christmas and so uh won't give all that away even though right. why are listening to this if you haven't seen it but i didn't see that coming at all actually mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i did not see that but it was yeah. a really really sweet like little touch that they put in there mm-hmm. and um and that also that was kind of like the part two that got me a little emotional i got a little yeah. clumped and i think it might be because because what we're living in right now just personally yeah. And honestly, I think somebody that somebody that may not have experienced a loss in the last few years, like us, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think um, I think maybe they would think this movie is corny and stupid. But when you think about the the aspect of 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 loss and helping and and life changes too. I'm hell. I'm I'm fifty, so I I kind of identify with this thirty three years later deal, mm-hmm. and you know, losing a parent and and the importance of making sure that your kids are happy, you know? So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's meaningful. And keeping tradition alive. Um, It's wonderful. I actually really like this new movie. It's it's something that I would say it's a binge recommendation. Watch it. Like sometimes I will tell you guys about holiday movies and it's like, don't watch it. I watch it for you. This Mm -hmm. is one, especially if you do have a relationship with the Christmas story, which if you've had cable through the 90s and the 2000s, you should have a relationship with the Christmas story. It's on on a television. Yeah, it's like on loop. Sometimes they do it for 48 hours and they just show it over and over and over again. And so and it just like it's on the background at almost every Christmas party that you go to. It's just one of those situations and like one of those shows. Um. So I loved it. What was your overall feel for this one? You know, initially, I kind of I, I initially I didn't really like it that much. And I kind of I, I think the first time I watched it, I, I fell asleep. 
Um, mm. But then I went back and watched it again, um, back to back with the first movie. And uh, it helped me tie things together a lot better watching them back to back like that. You know, all the, all the memorabilia, um, you know, some of the things that happened, some of the, the relationships. And then mm-hmm. adding in the piece about uh, about loss at the holidays, it kind of it it rang home to me because I lost my mom on mm-hmm. Christmas Eve like a year, two years ago. So mm-hmm. this, the, you know, it, it, it giving it another chance, it really I, I really liked it. I did, too. So and it's funny because you say that because I did. I started watching this originally a couple like a few days before I actually end up watching it. And I started watching this Christmas story Christmas and I was like just in you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it was just a movie and it was like i think i need to watch the original because mm-hmm. i think i'm going to really enjoy this one more because i know that there's going to be so much so much hearkening back to the old and right. so and it and it did and so that's that's the situation is watch the original if you do not remember it if you know the christmas story if you're one of those people who are the way that i am with home alone like i can give you home alone inside and out mm-hmm. but like if you don't know the Christmas story, watch the first one and then come into this one because there's lots of little parallels. I mean, even with Santa Claus and the, and I noticed costuming, the costuming on the elves, it was the same exact costume, you know, with the mm-hmm. the one elf gesture, you know, kind of a like hat and that kind of a thing. So right. very cute. I'm so stealing those hat ideas for next year. I, totally. I had so many elves that went out this year. It's <laughs> so weird, but like elf costumes that went to like Arizona and whatnot. And um, and this year, and and I see this, and I'm like, oh, that's my inspiration for next year. Because this year, a bunch of my elves were inspired off of Bernard, uh, Tim Allen's Santa Claus. Okay. So the Bernard character, his head elf has the cutest elf costume. It's like a tunic with a little sideways hat and a little satchel on the side. So that's where I completely got inspired this year for the, this year's looks. And next year's looks are probably going to have that whimsy of those little hats. So I'm just saying. So if you're a client who's listening, that's what you're getting next year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's that. Okay, so let's switch gears. Um, well, quickly, let's just go through. Uh, there was a little bit of trivia that I did find about this, about you know, Melinda Dillon. She didn't reprise her role as the mom. Peter Billingsley produced this movie with Vince Vaughn. Uh, Peter B- Billingsley and Vince Vaughn, they have a production company called Wild West Pictures, uh, Wild West Picture Show. Um, wow. The, the casseroles and the fridge are marked with the names of the families that made them. There, these are a full deep dive Easter egg of characters mentioned in the original film. So that's kind of fun. And interestingly, there are two that are there from Ralphie's original teacher. Oh, yeah. So they have that. Peter Billingsley, Ralphie deliberately adjusted his vo- voice to sound closer to Gene uh, Shepard, who did, did the narration of adult Ralphie in the original. Mm-hmm. This marks the third direct to sequel. Direct, the third direct sequel to A Christmas Story. I cannot speak today. This marks the third direct sequel to A Christmas Story. My Summer Story was the first sequel in 1994. I don't remember that. Mm-mm. I don't remember My Summer Story. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then A Christmas Story 2 was a second sequel released in 2012. Both sequels are ignored in this film. So they have nothing to do with it. It's kind of like the whole Halloween thing that, you know, right, 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 right. Like, right. You know, Halloween has different tracks that you watch one totally. and two, and then you watch mm-hmm. like eight, nine, 10 or something like that. Yeah. So same kind of situation. Who knows? Um, the Christmas Chinese restaurant is next door to the tree lot. So the Chinese restaurant that they had in the original one is actually next door to the tree lot in this movie. Oh, okay. 
that's the only reference that they give to that problematic mm. <laughs> situation. <laughs> uh, well, adding an egg to the leaking radiator to plug a small leak is an old trick. Only the white of the egg is added, not the yolk. So that was that whole thing. I didn't get it. Did you know about this? No, not at all, because we never did that. Yeah, yeah neither did we. So that's why he, mm. they were looking for an egg inside of like in the car. And he's like, give me an egg. And she doesn't have any left. And it's because that actually like worked for old radiators. Right. I've never seen that done. And my my dad was a mechanic and so were a bunch of my uncles. So um, trying to think if there's anything else that looked interesting here. In the original movie, the worry that Ralphie would shoot your eye out. Uh, here, Ralphie accidentally hits his daughter in the eye with a snowball. So it's kind of like <laughs> it's the full circle of it all. So cute little things. Um, we'll leave it there. Let's move on. Do you have any binge recommendations for people? It can be holiday based or just in general for them to be watching this holiday season. Well, I've been soaking up White Lotus season two. Oh, hello. That's- yeah, that's that's my obsession right now. Um, mm-hmm. I loved season one, um, and the fact that Jennifer Coolidge is um, is, is still a character in this one, um, mm-hmm. I'm just obsessed with the whole the whole situation. And we, you know, I'm still we're still I'm still at the point where I don't know who's been killed yet. So yeah. Well, it's multiple. You heard yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's so, multiple guests that have been killed, and I'm trying to figure out what scenario. Because at, at this point, any person in the in the uh, in the whole thing, other than the other than the wife, of, character, yeah, 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 could could be dead. So, so I'm I love that you like you're loving White Lotus. It is my show right now mm-hmm. that I'm completely obsessed over. Um, and I actually last night, um. I did not go out. Okay. So you guys were recording this on a Sunday. So this weekend has been a bust because I've been working so much and I'm I'm headed to Orlando this week for like a, a, an hour long meeting. I'm going mm-hmm. to Orlando for an hour long meeting. So this is like the kind of week that I'm about to have. And um, so it's last night. I just kind of like hung out here at home and I was like, I'm going to rewatch White Lotus too. Like, so I started yeah. the series over again just to see if I can pick up on any like little like hints or clues, oh. and that kind of a thing. And so, and just like watching from the very, very beginning, that's something that I didn't even realize is that they mentioned that there's other bodies that have been found. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In the very beginning. It seems like there's more than two people that are going to die. Yeah. I'm thinking it's probably, it's probably, you know, at least three. So I think we're going to kill. Okay. Here's, here's. This is not a spoiler because we, totally we do per- not know. Totally guessing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as of the point of when we, when we are right now recording this, I think there's only four episodes, five episodes out right now of White Lotus. Five episodes. Yeah. Okay. So five episodes have now aired. And so the most recent one, we have now learned that um, spoiler, the nephew is fucking the uncle. Right. <laughs> so most likely they are not related or we're hoping right. that they're not related. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't think so. Um. I'm trying to see here. So who would you deduce as being, who do you think is probably going to be the one who is, um, who do you think is, is gone? Who do you think is going to die? Well, I would think if it was her husband that mm-hmm. she would have been, she wouldn't be lounging around at the beach and, and it would a, a bigger movie. reaction. Yeah. Or, or, you know, she would have, she probably wouldn't have gone to the beach. Mm-hmm. if her husband had been missing all night or whatever so i don't think it's him but i have a feeling maybe it's the the cu- the couple that um 
that, 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 the other the other couple that they're hanging out with a lot mm-hmm. Aubrey Plaza's yeah character in that okay yeah so I have like different things in my head now so like watching this mm-hmm. so okay the story that they give you know about the whole the heads that they keep finding everywhere that are like right you know and so the whole thing was is that he was unfaithful to her so she beheaded him blah 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 so like oh is that going to somehow like factor into this whole you know um you know it could be that she she maybe the reason she's she's by herself and keeping such a um you know uh a smiley face is that she did she maybe she killed him and the other and the other couple because i know there was some sort of weird tension between um there's right now there's some weird tension brewing between her husband and the other guy's wife mm-hmm. you know like well, he's like the very first under the episode. Table. yeah oh yeah, yeah with the with the with which what we now know as a penal penile prosthesis which i dreamed it really wasn't but no i knew it was all <laughs> because there's there's okay so i was reading about this too okay this uh-huh. is this is so weird this we're gonna like take a little tangent real quickly um the whole thing with the way that they govern the penis on american television and movies is crazy and you are not allowed to touch an erect penis on okay. or, or like in that sort of a thing and you're not allowed to there's there's different things about it too and you're not allowed to touch like i think even like a flaccid one at some point so there's like you like look up those like there's lots of little technical things that that mm-hmm. have to do with like how the laws are and so which is the reason why they use so many prosthetics because it just gets them around it a lot easier and a lot quicker plus mm. The male body is just, you know, it's it's big now, it's small then, you know what I mean? Like it just it goes right. back and forth. So it's like, is it camera ready? Let's go. Right, you know? right, exactly. <laughs> so True. many of my listeners know what that means. Um, but like <laughs> it's um, so it, it's so it's a little bit of that. So I think that's one of the reasons why they use the prosthesis. Okay. So right. my so my little theories here is I think we're gonna lose grandpa. I think mm-hmm. grandpa, I think because it's just a throwaway character. I think it's an easy one for them to just kind of because right now he's older they're showing him get more and more frail. Are you noticing this right. as the, as the story goes along? It's like when they showed up there, it seemed like he was, you know, virile and he's just farting in front of the people. But like, now he's like, he's fallen, he's hit his head. He's now, he's now got a bandage on his head because he hit his headboard or something like that. Like what is going on with grandpa? Is it something more major? So I have a feeling that's going to be a throwaway character that we're just going to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little bit of something there. So we have the two couples and I, I wish uh, Harper is Rodri Plaza's name mm-hmm. and then Theo James is Cameron. So, yeah. and, so Cameron and Daphne, they are the beautiful model-esque couple, you know, mm-hmm. and then we have Harper and her husband. Right. And there's that growing tension that we have between the two of them, but there's something weird about this. So there's the whole competitive nature that like Cameron has with, Harper's husband, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Now he's pulled ahead because now he's rich. You right. Know? Mm-hmm. And then they never really tell us where all of Daphne and Cameron's money comes from. Right. So I'm wondering, and then he also, he can't pay the the prostitute. Exactly. And the other thing, that's a good point. That's a really good point. I didn't even yeah. think about that. But the, the other thing is when they're off in that little villa and, um, and Noto together. Mm-hmm. She says that some of my some of my husband's business associate associates are very very um, brutal or mean or something, mm-hmm. and it made made me kind of it felt kind of mobby, you know. Yeah, and so it's almost making me wonder if the two of them are con artists. 
Mm -hmm. Because how do they know about like they go to every single beautiful resort they thing, and then when they talk about, then they I think this also is going to lead to some. So we're gonna I'm just as like yeah. I have the Total red contention. string out, I have yeah, the red exactly. string out, and I'm going all over the place. And so and the other thing too is when they talk about the people there in Europe and in Italy, they have these castles in these villas and they have no cash they have right. no actual money so now right. we're bringing into the people who jennifer coolidge's character tanya and right. the assistant are with at this beautiful villa and so why are why is this gay man so attached to her and is right. he gonna try to like bleed her because she's worth half a billion dollars or whatever it is sure yeah so there's like all these little great things i think jennifer coolidge is safe i don't think we're gonna lose her i think yeah. she's gonna be a character at the white lotus that keeps that we follow yeah. to all the white lotus properties because i that think that would be the, awesome <laughs> yeah mike white is like it seems like his his intention is like now we're in, they were in hawaii now we're in italy who knows where the next white lotus is going to be white lotus is like a ritz carlton or an omni you know what i mean right so um, so I think we're safe with her. Her husband might bite it. Right. You know what I mean? And yeah. And we, and I'm, we don't really know what's going on there either. So that's, that, that's probably gonna have to be wrapped up too. Yeah. And the fact that she's like, do you want me to get rid of the prenup? We can get rid of the prenup. And I'm like, girl, don't do that. Girl, uh -uh. don't do that. <laughs> like, like, so it's like rewatching it has given me all these different things. Okay. So that's your binge recommendation. We're going to let it go right there because we gotta, we gotta wrap up today. Mm -hmm. My binge rec right now that I'm giving people, um, I'm back into the new Gossip Girl, the first two episodes, and they drop it like two episodes at a time. So the first season's already out there that you can watch it. Um, yes, I feel a little bit weird being a 40-year-old watching something that feels like a teenage show. But at the same time, they're not dealing with teenage like issues. You know, <laughs> they're going to like bathhouses and shit. Um, oh, wow. I have to yeah. check that out. And, yeah. and this season, the whole, all the stakes have been raised with everybody. And like, you know, somebody's father is now a, um, is, is now in trouble for being a sec sexual harassment, that sort of a thing. And mm -hmm. so, and we have the, one of the main characters who you're supposed to like love. I hate her. I hate mm -hmm. her. The, the character Z's who Zoya, but we're finding out her best friend, the situation that's going on there and so there's lots of like really great weaving that's going on with the whole gossip girl it you don't have to have been a fan of the original gossip girl series okay. um that's something with this is that it doesn't have anything to do with that it's the same kind of new york city but the only things that they sometimes will reference a chuck bass you know chuck bass owns that hotel who's from like the original and they'll sometimes ref and they'll reference like um and blair waldorf's mother shows up in this you know and okay. so she's a fashion designer and that's in the first season the second season though loving it the whole um gossip girl so i don't know if you know anything about it so mm -hmm. gossip girl in the original uh spoiler it's 20 years old now um was dan humphreys who's now in you um which is coming back. So watch that, you guys. You is coming back. They just announced February and March. They're doing a two. They're doing two drops of the next season. And so, and the rumor is that Elizabeth Olsen is in it this season. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, but back into the Gossip Girl situation is that um, now Gossip Girl has it's been gone. She's you know the, the 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 thing, and now it's an Instagram account called Gossip Girl, and it's being run by the teachers at the school. Ah. So, and they, a lot of them have it out for these kids because these kids are uber rich and they do whatever they want to do. And now we have all these, these back and forth. I'm loving it. It's killer female characters, lots of queer characters. We have thruples happening. I mean, it's just, it's a fun show. So gossip girl is my binge recommendation this week. Okay. 
Last thing is our crushes of the week. And so this we do mm-hmm. as a three-part situation because of our good friend Mimi Marks. She inspired this mm-hmm. and I thought it was so fun. And so my got my crush of the week has to do with your obsessions, your person, your place, and your thing that you are completely crushing on this week. I'll give you mine real quickly first. Sure. So my person this week is Zach Ward, who plays Officer Scott Farkas <laughs> inside a Christmas story <laughs> Christmas. He's cute. I was doing a little bit of like looking into his Instagram and I'm like, I am so into mediocre white men. It is unbelievable. <laughs> and he takes the cake. So I love him. My place right now is going to be under the tree. Okay. And so, and I don't mean just like gifts under the tree. I mean, when we were like little kids, we would actually like lay under our Christmas tree and like look up. And it's not something that I've done in a very long time, but I feel like it's a place that is warm. It's memorable. And it's just cute for the holiday season. So it's my person, my place, and my thing of the week, extra pillows. (laughs) So I was at a hotel the other night and the pillow was great, but I had to call down for extra pillows. And so, and I would suggest that for, if you're staying at a hotel, use the hotel for all it's worth. Don't be an asshole, but get your extra towels, get your extra pills, get yourself an extra blanket because why are you staying there? And why are we paying this much for hotels anymore? So, oh, you know, fulfill your, your comfort needs. Okay. Dr. Carlton, what okay. is your person, place and thing of the week? My person, I think, is Theo James from White Lotus. I've um he's that bad boy, sexy, you know, he's he's um he he he's misbehaving, he's being naughty, he's you know and the accent doesn't hurt. No, definitely not. Yeah, I, he's got, I, yeah. His his real accent does not hurt. Yeah, yeah. He's he's really sexy. I I, I really like him. And then, you know, the fantasy fantasy about the penal prosthesis is gone, but but that <laughs> that that played a role in that initial um thing as well he's got a cute butt he does he does he does and and i like the power play you know Mm -hmm. um uh thing i would have to say this past weekend when i did the claw la uh vendor mart and walked around there was a one of my followers on instagram had a this this company called cockeye kink and he makes harnesses Mm -hmm. and the harnesses where the where the metal parts are where the rings are he actually makes these metal plates that you can make your own design or you can ask for your own design oh. to be put in those different places. So you can have like fist on one side and pig on the other side or, you know, or daddy on one side and bear on the other side. And then the, the back plate in the back, you can put whatever symbol you want as well. And he he uses this like water cut thing that mm-hmm. makes it just look really really cool so i thought that was really good so it was cock yeah. kink yeah a, a kinky coat of arms yeah yes. absolutely yeah so it's just kind of <laughs> what is your family seen... crest it's a pig fist <laughs> that's right exactly <laughs> so you know uh after seeing all these harnesses that are just the same the same the same it was really kind of neat to see a little bit of a variety on it so i thought that was cool and then my place is take me back to greece honey I, you know, I was there this summer and the food, the food is so underrated in Greece. It was amazing. I had the best food um, and I really needed another shot at the Elliott Beach after, you know, the monkeypox scare. And I couldn't, you know, it was a look, but don't touch scenario. So Mm -hmm. I need, I need, I need a second chance. So a re, a re, a re going to Greece has to be on the agenda. Mm hmm. Thank you guys so much for tuning into another episode of Bald and Bingeable Holiday Edition. So 
we appreciate you guys for listening we just hit a new threshold of downloads this past week which is kind of amazing and so i really appreciate all the listeners that we have out there dr carlton i appreciate you for taking out an hour of your day today to talk about the holidays and christmas story and all these other kind of things so it's always a pleasure it's always an honor to be on your show oh well thank you so much good night from the lower level good night from the lower level Thank you.